These are your morning announcements. The Retro Club will be meeting today to discuss Now and Then. And the host asks that you stay until the end of the episode for a special assignment. Hello and welcome to the Retro Club. We're your host Megan and John, and both of us are kind of sick. <laughs> yeah. So yay! It really sucks. I'm under the weather and been trying to get over it, but I don't know if I can. But we're gonna do our best. Yeah, that's fine. I'm really congested. I'm trying to get over it though. That's all you can do. I don't even know why. I don't know if it's the the weather. Uh, this happens to me whenever the weather gets radical. It just, it sucks because I feel like I'm a relatively healthy person that this doesn't happen all the time. But in the last couple of years, really since COVID, I think it's just killed my immune system, truly. Yeah, I don't even think it's that. It, this is a seasonal thing. Whenever it the pollen gets real thick and all that, and I don't get to go outside as much as I like to. Mm-hmm. But then when I go outside, I get it really bad. Well, you don't have an outside job anymore. So at least no. you're inside a, an office. I wasn't, I wasn't, I was never sick when I had an outside job. Do you notice that? I, I mean, I guess you weren't there for, hi, we have a, a guest. It's fine. Hi, Kelsey. Hi. Her cat has <laughs> infiltrated our recording once again. Oh. It's fine. She will just deal with it. It'll be edited out. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Ladies, we'll, our special guest. Hi, lady. We'll, we'll trim. <laughs> we'll do some trimming. Okay. What's going on this week? Uh, I know <clears> the, <throat> the Met Gala which mm-hmm. is just a big fundraiser for the rich and famous. I don't know. I don't really follow the those types of things, but... I don't care about rich people. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I mean, we do a little bit. We have a movie podcast. <laughs> I mean, we, I care about the movies. I don't care about how they, how they live and party. <laughs> I guess. But um, mm, what did you say was going on? Something basketball. Oh, yeah. The NBA playoffs are going on. It's been really exciting. It's been a really good year for the NBA, honestly. Again, I just watch for fun. I don't I follow it at all. Oh, we have, we've been to a, quite a few baseball games. I kind of got roped into coaching and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, just little hometown baseball games. I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, me and my southern accent just out there doing its thing. <laughs> uh, football. They're doing, uh, what are they doing right now? Drafts, picks, something? Oh, yeah, the draft just happened. Mm-hmm. Um, what can I say about the draft? I know Some your team. Raiders picked up somebody you seemed happy about. Yeah, they got uh, Michael Mayer, not from uh, Notre Dame. I'm excited about that. Okay. Well, <laughs> so am I. If you're excited, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, I was really excited about this episode because it's something way out of left. Yeah, so I guess we can go ahead and start talking about it. This episode is kind of... um, Excuse me. We decided to do something a little special for the first of the month, and I think if it goes well, we'll continue the trend. It may... uh, We may do something a little different with it as time goes on. But for right now, I think what we've decided is the first of the month, one of us is going to pick 
a movie that the other one has not seen. And then we're going to have essentially a blind reaction. We're going to watch it and then talk about it, which is what this episode is. And that's going to be really weird. You're going to have to take the reins a lot. I'm coughing and hacking. So it's okay. everybody's like, man, is John dying? I'm not dying. I'm just trying not to cough (laughs) over everything. So I probably won't speak as much as I can. That's all right. I mean, I definitely want to hear your ideas because this week happens to be, or this first uh, time doing this type of episode, it happened to be my pick. Then it's a movie that John has never seen. Uh, Yeah. And I wanted to pick something that would be good going into like going from spring into summertime. It's a feel good movie. So not a lot of pressure. It's definitely like a comfort movie for me. Just something nice and easy. Yeah, it's wasn't it wasn't bad. I was genuinely surprised with this movie because I really don't remember it. And I can name a ton of movies from the 90s. Well, and that's I wanted kind of a challenge because I feel like, yes, this is our podcast, but I feel like we tend to lean towards John movies <laughs> a lot. That's fine. Uh, and I'm a big Christina Ricci fan, too, and I really didn't remember this from her like catalog yep um <coughs> she me. it came out the same t- same year or relatively close to casper, casper yeah. so it's about that time frame and i guess then we'll go ahead and just jump in jump into it the movie we're covering is 1995's now dive and on in. no now and then oh <laughs> um, i was telling you to dive on in no the movie is called now and then um it's a heavily female cast, which is also something we haven't featured before. So I thought it was a good first pick for me, for all our lady listeners that probably are a few, but that's okay. <laughs> Maybe we'll get more now. Maybe. Uh, this movie is rated PG-13 uh-huh. with a runtime of an hour and 42 minutes. Not that bad. It's yeah. pretty good. There's a lot going on. It's. We'll get into it. You know, we'll, I'll wait. We'll get into it. I said... Oh, I already said it was rated PG-13. Overall, people like it for the most part um, rotten tomatoes gave it a 33 percent, but who cares honestly imbd 6.8 out of 10 so it's a i i like i am bd a lot better anyway yeah i feel like those people are more weighted on their on their ranking they're very mm-hmm. fair yeah so the movie came out October 20th, 1995. So very close to my birthday. I was a little young. I feel like the first time I watched it wasn't until a few years later, but I was pretty young when I watched it. Man, it came out in the fall. Yeah. Isn't that weird? That is weird. <laughs> and here's a little synopsis about the movie. Go ahead. Three strong women, Roberta Martin, Samantha Albertson, and Tina or Teeny Tercel return home to reunite with their childhood friend Chrissy DeWitt Williams and see her through the end of her first pregnancy. The four lifelong friends share their memories of an unforgettable summer in 1970, the summer their innocent younger selves grew up. So it came out in the 90s. It's present days in the 90s, but like 85% of the movie is set (laughs) in the 70s. Yeah, that synopsis just gave me like everything i need to know about the movie it's boys on boys on the side meets stand by me <laughs> that's kind of how i depicted it it's not as um uh i guess i mean stand by me as stephen king so do with that what you will but i said it was like the female version of stand by me it is it, like just because it's stephen king doesn't mean shit no i'm just saying i was gonna say gruesome but really gruesome's not the word it's just it's more uh hardcore i don't know this i don't know how to explain stand by me versus now and then they're this 
pretty much the same premise. I mean, it's storytelling and viewing things from your childhood, like, like journey. Right. There's nothing gruesome about Stand By Me. That's why I said I felt like that wasn't the right word. I was trying to find the right word for it, but I couldn't couldn't mm. come up with it. Oh, and you know what I don't have? I don't have the budget for this movie. Let me look that up really quick. That's fine. But the director is also a woman. So, it, I mean, it's like female all around. It was directed by Leslie Glattler. Glatter? Sorry. No idea who that is. Mm, I don't know either. Oh, it was also shot in Savannah, Georgia, which... We've been there. I could... Yeah. And then while... Mm, hot, it was hot. Hot as shit there. We did go in the fall. So yeah, it was still hot. It was well, and it's also hurricane season. So man, we went to Savannah. <laughs> went to that really cool uh, pinball arcade, like bar. Mm-hmm. We went to that sex dessert place. <laughs> Better than sex. Yeah. Was that whatever? <laughs> man, we did quite a bit there. We went to the old uh, jail there. Old jail. Yeah, do you remember that? We took all those photos. Like they have the world's, or they have the United States' oldest standing jail or something. Oh. It's sort of like, it's 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 like a box with bars on it. Vaguely. I do <coughs> kind of remember that. Okay, I found it now. So the box office, or I'm sorry, the budget for this movie was $12 million. Mm-hmm. And That's I mean, because if you think about it, it had some pretty big names. We'll get into it. But the, the box office was $37.5 million. So it made its money back. Yeah, I wonder what it came out against. 1995 wouldn't have been a huge year for movies, I wouldn't think. Ooh. If she um, went the truth. Well, yeah, I'm not sure. I guess I didn't look that up. but That's okay. Let's go ahead and talk about the cast a little bit. We already mentioned Christina Ricci, isn't uh-huh. it? A young Christina Ricci. Uh, she plays Roberta, young Roberta. Gabby Hoffman, which... I'm not familiar with any of her other work. I don't know if she continued to do movies, truthfully. Um, I, I don't know the name, and I'm pretty good with names. I, do, I just don't recognize it. Yeah, I don't think she continued to do work. It doesn't appear so. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Christina Ricci, she was in, um, I mean, we talked about some Casper, other stuff. The Casper, the Family. Um, <laughs> More Gold, recently, that, that, she's in Yellow Jackets, a TV series. Yeah. She was in the Adams Family TV series. She was in or Bucky Wednesday. Larson. Ew. Yeah. What else was she in? Let's let's talk about some of those movies. She was in Bucky Larson. What else? Uh oh, Sleepy Hollow. Duh. Yeah, I love Sleepy Hollow. Oh, she was in that uh, really bad movie. I think also from '95, Gold Rush. <clears throat> with the girl from my with the girl from my girl she was in mermaids yes with Cher <laughs> I didn't know she's that. the younger sister cursed oh my god that may be the movie we were talking about I said there was a movie with Christina Ricci that I could never remember I just remember the premise yeah it's cursed that's probably it uh fear and loathing in Las Vegas totally forgot uh yeah so she's done a couple movies with Johnny Depp yeah ew there's Bucky Larson <laughs> <laughs> born to be a star <laughs> <laughs> Stop. The movie's hilarious. Okay, moving on. Uh, Gabby plays Samantha, the girl we said that didn't really do much after mm-hmm. that. Ashley Aston Moore plays Chrissy, young Chrissy. She didn't do a lot. We'll get into that a little bit later. Is that the which one's that? Is that the girl from Hook? Ashley? No, she wore the pigtails. Chrissy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thora Birch plays Teeny, young Teeny, and Sleepy you definitely know Hocus her Pocus. from Hocus Pocus. 
And then their older selves. Demi Moore plays older Samantha, mm-hmm. which is Gabby's character. Rosie um, O'Donnell plays Roberta. <laughs> yeah. Now, these are the names you're probably going to be more familiar with. Melanie Griffith plays older teeny. Yeah, she was in Milk Money. That's a great movie. Also, I think from 95. Mm-hmm. And Rita Wilson plays Chrissy, older Chrissy, who is yeah, pregnant. Yeah, Tom Hanks' wife. Mm-hmm. I knew that right off the bat, too. I was like, is that Tom Hanks' wife? <laughs> there are so many people in this movie that, I mean, they have small parts, but they're still in it. So I'll just run through them really fast. Devin Sawa is in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cloris Leachman, Brendan <laughs> Fraser, <laughs> Brendan Fraser, um, uncredited Brendan yeah, Fraser. Yeah, he's not even credited in this movie. Rumor Willis. Yeah, I knew this. You recognized her? Okay, uh-huh. I wondered she if you picked She was the little little sister. So that's the cast. There's so many other people. It's but they're so um, small parts in it that we're not mm-hmm. really going to talk about it. I didn't know she was that old. If you want the truth. Who? Rumor? Rumor Willis. Well, she would have been... She's like my age, but right? Pete, but also forget that Demi Moore is pretty ancient. Uh, <laughs> like she was 30 in the 80s. Well, how old <gasps> is she now? Let's see. She's 60. And Rumor Willis is probably my age is my guess. She is 34. Pretty close. Yeah. She's older than you. A little bit, yeah. I said pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Math's not so good. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the how this movie started. If more movies that had kids playing a part into the same part as an adult, mm-hmm. this movie did it the right way for how you should do that. It had uh, the name pop up as, and then it had the other person's name pop up, and then as. Oh, yeah. Like it said, I Christina really like Ricci that. as Roberta. And then Rosie, Rosie O'Donnell. O'Donnell as Roberta. Which, Christina Ricci and Rosie O'Donnell, let's get right. <laughs> no, Christina Ricci and Demi Moore, I could see that. And I'm not big on Demi Moore. Well. One Crazy Summer is it for me. I think it was just the attitude Rosie O'Donnell had is why they picked her because of. I just think people were fans of Rosie O'Donnell for a little bit. Maybe. She was. She had a little peak. Maybe. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. So the movie opens up with uh, present day. It's mm-hmm. 1990. It's in the 1990s. And they live in a small town called Shelby, Indiana, or they're from a small town called Shelby, Indiana, mm-hmm. which I totally forgot that. I was pleasantly surprised because I'm like, ooh, something in our state. <laughs> but it's set in Indiana. Chrissy never left Shelby. Roberta. Can we put on something really, really weird real fast? Put on. Point out. Oh, you said put on. No, I didn't. I said point out. I, okay. We'll let oh, the Well, we can put recording. it on too, I guess. Uh, there's a lot of movies that are based around Indiana. Um, when we were really breaking that down, there's a ton of movies based around Indiana. I mean, the most famous is probably Hoosiers, is my guess. Yeah. Which Rudy. isn't there. Yeah, Rudy, too. Uh, this movie. Um, I just I can't put this movie in that. that like. Well, I'm not saying most. Story. I'm just saying movies that are based in Indiana. Yeah, there's a bunch. <clears throat> All right. So it's present day. Chrissy is still living in Shelby. And so is Roberta. She yes. never left. And Teeny and Samantha have moved out and tried to make something of themselves. So Samantha, present day, is an author. She writes like sci-fi. And then Teeny became an actress, a big name actress. She's on the cover of like People magazine and things she like that. She had a limo. I remember that. She pulls Everybody up. was like yeah. stunned by that. So the reason they're all coming back, the premise of this movie, um, Samantha Demi Moore is 
narrating and she's explaining mm-hmm. that when they were 12 years old in the summer of 1970 they made a pact that if one of them ever needed each other they would always come back together Correct. regardless of where they were in their lives so chrissy is now pregnant with her first child and she has called everyone back to um celebrate that and be there for when she has the baby and they show up and it's very tense you can tell they just haven't seen each other in at least a decade they're they've grown up they've grown apart yeah they've all moved away from each other except for like two of them so they're kind of at like a crossroads which all friendships go through well and chrissy you find out they're in their childhood they're growing up kind of why they turned out the way they turned out but chrissy is very um very much stuck in the past yes she's just like her mother her furniture's covered in plastic uh, she's like, oh, no smoking in the house. And she's still wearing like curlers in her hair and stuff like that. Yeah, she's very pink and bubbly and flowery. And Samantha comes in in like all black chain smoking. <laughs> <laughs> wearing a suit. Uh, Teeny shows up in her Ugh. like super short skirt suit thing and yeah, a limo. Yeah, she was slutting up for sure. <laughs> um, and Roberta. Yeah, she just looks like she got up. <laughs> just she, got back from softball. <laughs> She is the town doctor, you find out. Yeah. She's also a doctor, which good for her, becoming a doctor. And Chrissy's lot, just a stay-at-home mom. Yes, a lot of denim in this movie. Did you notice that? Well, for it the was modern day? the 90s. I know. A lot of, a lot of uh, blue jean shirts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I was kind of blown away. I was like, man, they were really on it for both decades <laughs> that they portray in this. But... Um, Uh, Demi Moore, Samantha, she's narrating, talking about why they came back together. And she said it was the summer of 1970. (laughs) And who would have thought me and Rosie O'Donnell dressing just alike? (laughs) I guess. And then as any good transition, she's like swinging on their old swing set, which that yard is immaculate. That swing set and treehouse combo. Those swings were way off the off the ground. They're for adults. (laughs) Like no kids allowed. Yeah. There was no sitting to it. You walked to it and just laid your ass on it. (laughs) But Samantha is swinging on the swing set and it transitions to younger her swinging on the swing set. Which there ain't no way. You saw that freaking treehouse. Mm-hmm. And then you have to find out they're saving for a treehouse. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it jumps back to 1970 and the girls are playing outside mm-hmm. and it's just the four girls hanging out. They're all best friends, but they hear the kids and like the lot next to them playing Red Rover. So uh-huh. they run over and play Red Rover with the other kids. <laughs> Which I, that took me back. I remember playing Red Rover. It, it's a very nostalgic uh movie which i played red rover too but it's not fun when there's only like six of you <laughs> i love red rover i we played that all the time in elementary school i mean this was the entire neighborhood of kids we played red rover um uh, kickball mm-hmm. wiffle ball uh oh, smear play- the- oh yeah yeah can't call them <laughs> yeah we played football and baseball in that back lot but yeah, i also we played a lot of stuff <laughs> our school uh, always left the gate open. Uh huh. So we'd go there after school and play all kinds of cool stuff. Oh, we'd walk down to the school too. Look, I grew up in a crappy neighborhood. A lot though. of freeze tag. <laughs> yeah, I walked to um, oh, what was it called? The school there on Twenty Fifth Street. Oh my God, I totally going forgot the name. Going north or going south? 
north. It's near the Jiffy. It's by my neighborhood. You know, the Terrytown? Big, no, because now it's a big brown brick building. It's like a senior living facility. They oh, uh, is it Chauncey Rose? No, no. What is the name of that freaking school? Anyway, it doesn't matter. That school was run down and closed by the time I was hanging out. And we'd go and play on the <laughs> playground equipment that was 100%. You're getting tetanus. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, we got to be careful, mad. too, because we're going to start stating stuff. People have no clue what we're talking about. <laughs> no, I'm just saying I grew <gasps> up in a crappy neighborhood with this rundown school. Cool. Like, that's where I played. The hood, Megan. Just say you grew up in the hood. Yes. I also <laughs> played in an empty lot <laughs> behind my house. <laughs> this movie, totally opposite. They're growing up in um, Gaslight Estates, mm-hmm. which also means something different to us here in our if town. Ever, well, we're going to point this out, too. If you've ever seen Stand By Me, mm-hmm. that is the town I grew up in. It's yeah. just like that. Yeah, I can see that. Riding bikes, got to like Dodge Railroad tracks and shit like that. Mm-hmm. But this movie, they live in a subdivision. Everyone's pretty well-to-do. This is definitely middle class at the, the lowest. And um, it was a brand new subdivision. Yeah. They were the first ones to live it. That's crazy. Think mm-hmm. about that. So you think there's, it's supposed to be painting this picture that they have like this picture perfect family. They live in this nice neighborhood with all these kids and the well-to-do families. Yeah. And then as the movie goes on, you find out that is not the case for any of them. They all come from really, their families have their quirks and stuff. There's a reason they become friends. Yeah. We'll say that. So Roberta, she actually is the only girl of four. She has three older brothers and her mom passed away when she was younger. So it's just her dad and her three brothers. So she's very much a tomboy. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, she tapes some titties down. Don't forget. She is. She is the first one in the group to start getting boobs and she hates it. So she masking like masking tapes them down. I'm like, girl, that has and to that hurt. Looks <laughs> painful. I could tell you it probably is painful. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Just just the visual of it. I was like, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Why would you do that? That looks so bad. Yeah. And then Samantha, she has it's her and her younger sister and her mom and dad are still together for now, but they fight constantly. They're always getting in arguments. Um, her dad always threatens to leave. So she's coming from almost a broken home at the beginning. Right. Then she's the one that the parents are pretty much like all they do is yell at each other. Right. Yes. Teeny is an only child and her mm-hmm. parents are very kind of spoiled in a way. Yeah, but it's because her parents are never home. They're always off at, like, parties. She can do what she wants. Yes, but that also sucks, being an only child and not having your parents to to hang out with or to do stuff with. She's left her own devices, so she definitely lives in her own world of, like... Her own bubble, yeah. um, She lives in her head a lot. She does a lot of things where she talks to herself. Yeah, so she's obsessed with, like... Cosmo and celebrities and sex appeal. She's 12, and this mm-hmm. is what she because that's what her yeah, parents she's the one do. That, she obsesses about the other girl getting her boobs. Yeah, like she wants boobs so bad, and she's so annoyed that Roberta has them and tapes them down. And she's like, I would show them off. And mm-hmm. I don't know, just what 12 year old girls say go through at some point in their life. It's weird. Like growing up, I remember when like I was going through puberty and all my buddies were going through puberty. Mm hmm. Uh, you never really catch on like girls are ca- are going through puberty until you start like trying to play games with them and stuff. And then like there's like arguments. Mm-hmm. That's not like arguments, arguments like it used to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, I figured you were like going to say you don't notice girls are going through puberty <clears throat> until their bodies develop. 
No. I mean, you see that later. Yeah. But mostly it's become, it becomes like a crush thing. Yeah. Yes, yes. And then the last of the four girls is Chrissy, which Chrissy, I think, is also an only child, but her mother is almost like she's borderline, if not OCD. She's, she's very. Psychotic. Yes. She's trying to protect Chrissy from the world and it backfires. I mean, it's a freaking uh, girl from Jumanji. That's what sucks the most. Yeah, the Another mom. Another movie from 95. We've Okay, maybe 95 had some good movies. <laughs> yeah, the Chrissy's mom plays older Sarah Whittle, which I yeah. cannot believe I remember the name from Jumanji. I just pulled I know, that one. I never remember character names. <laughs> well, all I can picture is Robin Williams going, Sarah yeah. Whittle. <laughs> um, what year is it? Anyway, Chrissy, her mom is trying to protect her because she's like, well, your friends are a bad influence and I don't want them um, influencing you. So... Chrissy, one day she asked her mom about sex and her mom sits down with her and says, you know, I was thinking about what you asked me about sex. And <laughs> she's like, you just said it very casually and it scared me. <laughs> and she said, but because your friends are trash, I'm going to go ahead and tell you what it is. <laughs> she went like the most back ass words way of going and talking about that with that girl, too. She did. She's you, like, all women have a garden. You are you cripple children when you do stuff like that. When they're at the age where they should know about that, you should you can tell them about it. You don't have to be vulgar about it. Right. I mean, her she's 12. Her body's going to start changing any time if it hasn't already. She's going to get her period. She's going to develop. And she's going to have questions. I would be the perfect sex ed teacher. I'm just saying that for, for the record. I would be scared to be a sex ed teacher in today's society just because you could have so many parents come out and like say you were inappropriate with their kids or something because of something you said. I would do it in musical form. Oh, no. <laughs> You're saying Grease too. I know yes. you're thinking Grease too. Yes. That's exactly how I would go about it. I'd be Mr. Stewart. <laughs> the parts of a flower are so constructed that right. very, very often the wind will cause pollination. If not. Okay, go ahead. All right. We'll cover that another time. <laughs> yeah, Chrissy's mom. How would you mom, go about it? I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know. I'll worry about it when our daughter is old enough to have I wanted to do that for our niece. I know she's going to have a talk. I was, I was dead set that we were going to do it. Yeah. Anyway. So Chrissy's mom just gives her a terrible talk about how women have a garden and men have a watering hose and (laughs) they have to plant the seed and water the flower and it's awful. And so Chrissy is walking around with this terrible knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) Now this group of friends, so you have, they're definitely all from different backgrounds, but they all mesh together very well. They're really good friends. And there's so many different (coughs) moving parts to this movie to follow. One is that they're trying to raise money for a treehouse that they don't have yet. And for the 1970s, they have quite a bit they've already saved up. Yeah, they saved up like 110 bucks or something. Yeah, and the freaking thing was 125 and you saw how nice that was, right? Yeah, yeah. Had a beautiful roof on it. Mm. You get the stereotypical shot at like the, um, the soda shop where they're sitting at the table. They order... Uh, root beer floats four of them and it's like a dollar 40 for four root beer floats mm-hmm. what the heck and coke floats they weren't even drinking root beer oh that's true that those gigantic bottles of coke and they're sitting at the table and teeny's doing a cosmo quiz and making them all <laughs> answer it and again just getting a, a better feel of how each of them are their personality you get it right right away from their answers to that that's what the audience is supposed to take in mm-hmm. and i think Really, we're just going to hit the highlights of this movie. I know we say that every single time, but I'm not worried about going through step by step of this movie. Just because it was your first time seeing it, 
I kind of want to hear your thoughts on the bigger parts of the movie. So one of the other bigger parts is that, uh, first of all, I 100% understand why I love this movie growing up, because these girls are obsessed with doing seances. (laughs) That was really fun. I didn't even see that coming, but the whole premise of this movie kind of teeter-totters on them trying to figure out a, a mystery. Yeah, this this is really the whole pinnacle point of the, the movie. And I know when I first, when the movie first started and you're watching these girls doing a Cosmo quiz and stuff, and I said, it's kind of <laughs> like the female version of Stand By Me and you gave me a look and I said, just hold on, <laughs> it'll get there because you looked confused. But they go to the graveyard and they do this seance and they pick a random headstone and all it says is Dear Johnny and his birth and death date. And they're like, let's try to contact Dear Johnny. So they do a seance to contact him and Chrissy pulls a really mean trick where she acts like she's uh, (laughs) like a conduit and Johnny is talking through her and she's like, he's here. He's lonely. He's scared and starts crying. I know. And. They all start freaking out and Chrissy starts laughing and she's like, I definitely got you guys. Like, I can't believe you fell for that. You guys are lame. (laughs) But then it starts raining and lightning strikes a tree nearby and they all scream and run away. Well, they come back later to the the cemetery and they find that dear Johnny's um, headstone has been shattered. And they said, holy crap, because Samantha calls a meeting one night because she wakes up her windows open and And the wind is blowing yeah the wind is blowing through her room and it's spinning her um telescope and the telescope freezes and points right at her and she's like oh my god so she calls it which they're elaborate like getting a hold of each other from their houses (laughs) yeah they have uh they have what was it they had the long string. string with the bell and then the other one used the flashlight to and then they had walkie talkies yeah (laughs) So they call a meeting, they get to the cemetery and they find dear Johnny's headstone has been broken. And she said, holy crap, we actually brought him back. I think he contacted me. And Demi Moore's characters who, uh, Samantha. Yes. I'm sorry. I say she, like there isn't 50 she's in this movie. Right. Samantha's character is like, dear Johnny just visited me and we brought him back. This is proof. His headstone's broken. So the whole point of this movie, the the driving force of the movie is that they're trying to figure out what happened to dear Johnny so they can lay him to rest for good. And they go to their local library only to find that there's really they can't find anything on that year with that name because they don't have a full name. They just have Johnny to go off. Right. And they said, well, you know, there's one person in this town who is old enough to remember that year. Let's ask. Samantha said, let's ask my grandma. (laughs) And that happens to be Cloris. <laughs> Cloris Leachman, man. She is, <laughs> she's an oddity. I like her. Always Which, have. We just recently watched Beer Fest and watching her in that and then watching her in this. I'm like, mm. <laughs> Always be better with a little sausage Jimmy. <laughs> so they go to Samantha's grandma and she's like, well, make this quick girls. Cause I got a uh, bingo to go to. <laughs> Man, I strive to be my, her. Yes, that, she was your spirit animal. I've never seen anybody so dangerously almost run over kids trying to get to bingo. <laughs> Putting in her hair piece. Yes, that was gross. <laughs> she had funny. a full head of hair and still had to pin some hair into it. <laughs> so they all sit down with Grandma, and Samantha's like, Grandma, we want to know if you can tell us about Dear Johnny. And Grandma's obviously shook up, and she's like, I. That's you girls don't need to know about that. It's too 
horrible of a right. story. It's going to give you nightmares. It was and her like, grandfather, right? That was the publisher. He, her grandfather was a writer. Right. He he wrote into the newspaper, but I don't think he he would have his pieces published, but he didn't work for mm. the newspaper. So grandma tells him, I'm sorry, girls, I just can't tell you it's too it's too horrible of a story. I'm not going to tell you the story and leaves him at that. She runs out of the house and she's like, goodbye. I have to go to bingo. (laughs) (laughs) So the girls actually sneak up into grandma's attic and they end up going through her books and stuff and records and all that. Um, they do find one piece of Mm. an article that the grandpa had wrote into the newspaper and now they have a full name. It's Johnny Sims. Johnny and Beverly Ann was his mother. They were both killed. So now they've got a little more of the story. Have they run into that guy in the woods yet? Or the guy that was going through the cemetery? Ooh, sorry, I kicked the stand. Yes. Um, they, well, not really. Not in person, no. They thought okay. they saw him. He was riding his bike through the cemetery that first night. Yeah, I can't remember his name. They call him Crazy Pete. Crazy Pete. Crazy Pete on the bike. All we know is he's crazy and he only comes out at night. (laughs) That's what the girls have told us. (laughs) But they don't have enough about Dear Johnny. They need to know more. They need to know exactly what happened. So they decide, they find out that the Greenfield, Indiana Library has more information. And Chrissy's like, we're not going to ride our bikes all the way to Greenfield. (laughs) And then the next shot is them riding their bikes to Greenfield. (laughs) And so we're to, I mean, they're going to a different city. We're assuming this is a pretty decent bike ride. I was assuming like that's like an 18 hour drive. So <laughs> it's like a got to be what? 36 mile. You say 18 hour drive or bike ride? Bike ride. Uh, it's not 18 hours. It It's near. It's just like the town next door. It's really not that far. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they we, do it all in one day. When we were day. actually looking it up, we were like, man, that's a pretty good haul. <laughs> well, there really is a Shelby, Indiana. It's mm-hmm. an unincorporated township. And then there really is a Greenfield, Indiana. Those two are like a two-hour car drive. But there's a Shelbyville, Indiana. Which we know about Shelby. And that's 18 miles that. from Greenfield. So that seems more likely. Okay. 18 miles on a bike. That is a few hours, but it's not an all-day trip. All right. The, on this bike ride, they encounter the uncredited Brendan Fraser. <laughs> who you find out he's a he's a, vet, a vet and he's coming home and he's definitely like doesn't want to talk about it very cool guy sort of thing he offers them a cigarette <laughs> and they smoke and with yeah, him they all smoke with him yeah he, he's a war like war torn mm-hmm. he got he's a purple become, heart yeah he said he, what's it matter right war has definitely jacked with his head and he gives him a life lesson where he says um a good life lesson too your parents aren't always right. Yeah. And he's like, you know, it took my whole life. I'm going to teach you something that took me 30 years to figure out, which is your parents aren't always right. <laughs> <clears throat> no, that was really, he was good for the small part he had in it. Yeah. He's in it for maybe five minutes. It's not and very Demi long. Moore, her little character in this mm-hmm. was obsessed with him. Off Samantha, the bat. yeah. She definitely kind of hinges the rest of her growing up on this um, interaction this dude, with yeah. him. Which is weird when you think about it in hindsight. A bunch of 12-year-olds hanging out with a 30-plus-year-old war vet. <laughs> kind of weird. Anyway, uh, it, you get even to... like a John Rambo, because that's, how, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, that's exactly how Rambo starts. He's just walking. They didn't stop him telling me he couldn't eat in the town, though, because then he would have just hunted their entire town down. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. 
But we take a break from the the heavy stuff and girls still have to be girls and enjoy their summer and they Mm -hmm. end up First of all, what happens is a bird poops on Chrissy's head and she cries. So they go to a it nearby. It did dump right into her hair, though. It did, right in her pigtail. It's funny. <laughs> they stop at a, like a pond lake thing and so she can wash her hair out. And they start swimming and playing around. And Roberta plays an even worse joke than what Chrissy played in the, the cemetery. Roberta climbs up a tree that's hanging over the lake and decides to jump in head first really high too yes that was high off the water and they were standing in the water so yeah they tell her not to it's too shallow right dives in head first and then doesn't come up and they start freaking out and they see her kind of a little bit of ways floating off in the distance a little bit yeah she's doing like a dead man's float with her face her face is down right and the girls scream and they take off and they they flip her over and drag her up on land and yeah Teeny and Samantha are going back and forth like you do CPR, I'll do chest <laughs> presses and they're like no other way around and they're fighting back and forth. Chrissy just like pushes them out of the way and she's like move. And then as she's going down to give her uh mouth to mouth, she spits right in her face. Yeah, and Roberta's like, "Well, it's nice to see who your true friends are." And thinks she played a funny joke, but Chrissy like whops her one really good on the mm-hmm. face. And she's like, "That wasn't funny. Don't ever do that again." Well, that isn't funny. I would never have done that to my friends. No. And you get a voiceover from older Samantha saying, you know, Roberta always handled death in a weird way because her mom died when she was young. So it, she never really processed it. So she, she just kind of made fun of it. Yeah. And she also heard it from everybody about her mom dying. Yeah. I think she was like four or five when her mom right. died. So a very, I don't know. It, it was a hard age for her and she just didn't understand so that's just how she dealt with death. And none of her friends had gone through something like that. They've never lost anyone like that close to them. So they didn't know how to handle it either. But you get a little moment between Roberta and Chrissy where Chrissy's like, you know, you're my best friend. Please don't do this to me. And <laughs> you, they kind of grow a little bit closer. Their friendship. Yeah, they become best friends. Like there's, there's two different sects of... Uh, these girls where they become really close. Mm-hmm. Even though they're all friends, Roberta and Chrissy definitely hook up together where Teeny and Samantha bond a little bit later in the movie. But the funny part is <clears throat> while they're having this heartfelt moment, they hear boys right. laughing mm-hmm. <laughs> and they go sneak around the lake to find that the, the local neighborhood boys, the wormers is what they call them. Yeah. Just say Devin Zawa and company. Yeah. <laughs> They are skinny dipping. John, did yeah. you skinny dip with your friends? Dude, I'm going to be honest with you. I, we went to like an actual lake with people. Uh-huh. We would have just started taking our trunks and stuff off. I'm pretty sure we would have been banned for life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wondered how, I mean, it was the 70s. I don't know, but these kids I are mean, like. like showering with other dudes was never like a big deal. Like, was it a big deal to shower with other girls? Oh, we didn't have an open shower. It was definitely like um, little cubbies of showers you were separated with a uh a curtain yeah we did not see each other i mean they would walk around in their towels back to their locker to get dressed Uh but me being me i was very i would shower and change in that stall i'm like i don't even care that my clothes are wet i'm gonna change in here because i thought it was i didn't want to change just dong out yo no (laughs) well i was like chubby kid in school i was still a chubby kid (laughs) i didn't (laughs) want to do that not me i was i didn't it didn't bother me a bit so the boys are swimming and they 
the girls want to play a prank on them and they see that all their clothes are hanging on their bikes. So they pick up the clothes and they yell at the boys and they're like, come and get them. And they take off with their clothes and all the boys, they definitely couldn't film this now, but all the boys are running out holding their junk. Just <laughs> bare ass. Right yeah. Down like the they just had to have this reason to put young Devin Sawa's bare ass in this movie. <laughs> and the girls are riding their bike away, throwing <laughs> their clothes over their shoulders. And, um, so they play a prank on the Wormers and they said they'll get them back. And they do. Later they do. in the word movie, Wormer? <laughs> later in the movie, the Wormers actually like throw um, water balloons. Water bl- Oh, and it was earlier in the movie, actually. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They throw water balloons at them, but they're filled with jello. So it's like you get this back and forth with the boys and girls. They just that pick on each other. That was actually a cool idea because I'd never even heard of that or thought of that jello filled water balloons. Yeah. I wouldn't think it would bust. I know. I bet it hurt. Man, they bring up balloons a lot in this movie because doesn't one of them have like a, like fake boobs and they fill one of them with like pudding? Yes, it's on the same trip. So Teenie's talking about how her boobs haven't come in yet, but she's like, look how big they look today. And they're like, what the heck? And she pulls it out and it's a balloon filled. And she says she filled it with pudding <laughs> because Jello jiggles too much. I'm like, girl, that's smart. <laughs> yeah. And then what's the one say? What what kind is it? Chrissy, what flavor is it? <laughs> uh, vanilla, duh. Vanilla. <laughs> All right, so they get to the Greenfield Library. They end up going through the newspaper articles, and while trying to find the article on Dear Johnny, Roberta finds the article about her mother, and she reads it and gets extremely upset because in the article it says her mom was in a car accident and she was pinned in the car for over an hour and a half before being rescued and then died a couple days later in the hospital. Later in the movie, she gets mad because when she's in grandma's attic, she breaks the mirror and starts crying. And she says that, you know, her dad lied to her. He told her that she died very peacefully. She was swooped away in the arms of an angel and all this mess. Mm -hmm. And Roberta's like, you know, my dad's the only thing I have left. And he lied to me. So, you know, it's a very touching, sad moment for Roberta. Where she finds out what really happened to her mom. Kind of became a turning point for her character in the movie, too. Yeah. And you find out that um, Johnny and his mom were murdered. There was a a robbery gone wrong, and he ended up shooting and killing both him and his mom. And so now they know how Johnny died. They go to see... uh, There's some other parts. They go to see a psychic who... Janine Garofalo. Ugh. (laughs) This movie, <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, she's a, a, a psychic medium and she tells them that Johnny was killed. Like this was a little bit earlier in the movie, but she's only in it for a minute. I think she's uncredited. Yeah. Her hair definitely was because it was awful. Um, But she tells him that Johnny was killed. So they find out that she was right. Her, the psychic reading she gave was right. And they said, you know, now that we know how he died, we need to put his soul to rest. So they go back to the uh, cemetery. They do one more seance. And while they're doing the seance, this light comes out from behind the tree and they see Johnny's headstone floating. (laughs) (laughs) They start screaming. And it's actually a cemetery worker who's bringing in a new headstone. And he tells the girls, he's like, I broke that headstone with my tractor last week. Like, yeah, he bumped it during the storm. He said, you need to have respect for the dead. You shouldn't be out here. And they said, we do respect the dead. That's why we're out here. And I mean, I see both sides. (laughs) But he ends up telling him, you know, I'm the reason it broke. That's nothing supernatural. Yeah, there was nothing they needed to worry about. They go on home. And 
you get another moment um, with Teeny and um, Samantha. So Teeny wants to talk to Samantha, or I'm sorry, Samantha wants to talk to Teeny because there was one night where her mom and dad got in a huge argument and her dad actually packed a bag and left. And Samantha was like, maybe he'll come back. And he doesn't come back this time. Yeah, that was terrible, honestly. So she asked Teeny, like, do you want to meet at the treehouse and talk about it? They don't own the treehouse yet. They actually go to the lot where the treehouse <laughs> is kept and they climb over the fence. And Samantha tells her, you know, my dad left my mom. And yeah, it's over. They're not a family anymore. And, you know, in the 70s, this is kind of a shocking thing for Teeny. She's like, I thought your parents were fine. She also kind of found comfort out of them arguing a lot. Yeah, it was weird the way the way Samantha processed it in her head. <clears throat> she's like, it was kind of comforting to hear them fight just because I knew they cared. In her mind, she meant it cared that they cared about each other. Right. Which when you're 12, who it's knows? However you process, I guess. Yeah. So she was in denial when her dad left. She thought he'd come back and he did not. So she ends up breaking down and telling Teeny, you know, my dad left. I'm super sad about it. I don't know what to think. I haven't told anybody else. And so her and Teeny make a, a friendship pack there. And Teeny actually breaks her necklace and breaks it in half. And they each wear one as a bracelet. And when they're dry, when they're riding their bikes home, another storm breaks out. Some This is a stormy town. <laughs> yeah. And this is where I was like, this is the part where they make the bracelet out of that chick's necklace, right? Yeah. That's what I said. She, she breaks it in half and ties around her, their wrists. Yes. And then they're riding their bikes home. One Only one of them's wearing a, like... A poncho, poncho. thing. Mm-hmm. But it's like a knitted poncho, so I'm like, that's not protecting you from anything. <laughs> but it's Samantha and her, her bracelet breaks. Yes. And falls off. And Samantha's like, no, we have to find it now because Teeny's like, we'll just find it in the morning. And, and what happened? Got carried down the storm drain. I'm like, oh, don't do it, girl. I've seen, I've seen this before. <laughs> there is. There's this really big storm drain, enough that she can fit into it, which is terrifying. Yes, because I was like, oh, I wonder where they got this idea. <laughs> and so Samantha's like, no, I can see it. It's down in the drain. I'll just crawl in there and get it and come back out. And Teeny's like, ah, that doesn't sound like a good idea. Uh, uh, me Pennywise. I know what that is. <laughs> So she ends up, Samantha ends up crawling down in the drain and getting her bracelet, but then a big gush of water starts rolling Yeah, because the water in. started collecting from yes. how bad the storm was getting. And it actually, um, it starts filling up really fast and Samantha can't get her footing to get out of the drain. Mm-mm. And Teeny can't get a hold of her because their hands are wet and she can't keep a grip on her. So she starts like screaming and crying. And this For was... Help, yeah traumatizing as a child when i saw this i was terrified of this scene i never knew you could really climb into those like that i don't know i mean not in our town but i'm sure i don't remember seeing those in my my small town you know what i mean right but (laughs) um so samantha's drowning and teeny can't help her and she starts panicking and screaming it's the middle of the night nobody's out and she starts like banging on the manhole just above it and all of a sudden, this hand comes out of the way and pushes Teeny and pulls up the, the manhole, manhole and like jumps it was nothing in. Too. You know those things are heavy as shit. Yeah. And he jumps in. And no hesitation. He just crosses his arms and just... Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he right ends in. up pushing Samantha up out of the manhole and then climbing out. And when he does, you find out it's Crazy Pete. Crazy Pete. That, sh- that um, rescued them. And even after they rescue, he rescues Samantha, they kind of take a step back from him. And this is the most heartbreaking... Uh, 
he has the little old man voice that just yeah, hurt my just soul. like home alone and he said why are you afraid of me and they said i don't know it's just weird that you ride your bike at night like why are you all only out at night he said it's just <laughs> i don't like to see a lot of people and people don't like to see a lot of me and it's really sad and heartbreaking it really was like this movie has a it's really predictable yeah i guess he was really good for this this movie mm-hmm. i think you had to have which a lot of those movies in the 90s kind of had mm-hmm. like this old man moment <laughs> that makes sense yeah and they end up later when they go back to see dear johnny's headstone after it's been replaced all the girls are leaving and samantha tells him you know hey i'll catch up with you and he sees she sees um crazy pete standing by the headstone and then she puts two and two together because in the um, article they found it said the husband found them and his name was peter sims and she realizes crazy pete is, is pete sims yeah that's dear johnny's dad and beverly ann's husband gives that really heartfelt story too about all that that was sad too in the graveyard yeah he was going through a hard time and he's like i just i always think about that night and if i could have stopped it if i wouldn't have been at that bar drinking i could have saved them and yeah it changed his whole life and it was very sad i get teary-eyed still watching that scene <laughs> and yeah it was very well acted his it was believable his mm-hmm. his whole act for during that was very believable and there's a few other little parts in this movie so roberta there's a part where she's playing basketball <laughs> and devin sawa's character shows up and he Why does, so hard on me all the time <laughs> he plays a little one-on-one with her and then he they sit down and they're having like a drink and he's like why do we fight all the time and she's like i don't know i just i guess we're supposed to it's a crush it is we it's this little that. summer crush and then he asks if he can kiss her and she's like i guess don't tell anybody though <laughs> she's like if you tell your brothers or your friends i'll kill you <laughs> yeah and he's like cool <laughs> and you could tell he's like that made his whole summer that he got to mm-hmm. kiss roberta and roberta tries to act like it's not a big deal but uh um, she was just as, as excited as he was in the narration samantha says that also happened to be the summer that roberta <laughs> stopped taping her boobs down <laughs> so <laughs> there were signs there were little signs yeah and um there's a part, a softball scene where Roberta goes to play softball and there's a boy sitting on a fence. That, yeah. And she beats the crap out of him because he brings up her dead mom. He's yelling at her and saying girls can't play softball. So she walks up and beats the crap out of him. And then when they pull her off him, he's like, well, too bad your mother's not still alive. She could have treated you to be a lady or something like that. Yeah. And uh, so then Samantha jumps along and starts beating him up. <laughs> Man. Motorcycle. So, um, who's that guy? <laughs> Where did he go wrong? <laughs> Second time Grease 2 has been brought up. I know. <laughs> is That's that our next f- movie? I don't know. It might I feel be. like you gotta do the first one before you do the second oh, one. Oh, we haven't done the first one yet. Shoot. Okay. <clears throat> but there's so many little parts to this movie, but those are the big chunks of the movie, I mm-hmm. feel like. And it ends with, um, it goes back to present day. Chrissy's in labor. She has the baby. And all the friends are just like, well, I can't believe you're a mom now. This is crazy. And they feel so much closer now. Now that you got to see they're growing up, the time that they spent in Shelby, they're definitely closer now. They rekindled their friendships. I mean. And they did. And they're like, you know, maybe not enough to move back, but I'll definitely come around more often. Yeah, definitely visit. Because I think that's what Demi Moore's character was missing the whole time. 
she was a shitty writer that kept writing about stuff that she really didn't have any true focus to. Well, and that Chrissy, Chrissy's the one that tells her, why don't you write real life stuff what people experience? And so this is essentially her writing the story of their summer of 1970. Because all she wrote was like the sci-fi stuff. She was always into space and Mm -hmm. things like that. The supernatural. Well, and they all talk about when they're older, they kind of have this um, come to Jesus moment, you know, where Samantha Demi Moore is like, you know, I just... I've never had serious relationships. I always shut myself off from people. I'm afraid of intimacy. Yeah, because she can't of, complete anything. Yeah, because of what my parents put me through. And, you know, maybe I just needed you guys. And I don't know. It's a very heartfelt story. And it ends the way it starts. Uh-huh. The, the girls are all, the women are all sitting up in the, the treehouse with the baby. Which, who nice carried the baby up into the treehouse? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I think they did. I think they might have roped. Yep, yeah. rope basket. <laughs> But they hear the neighborhood kids playing Red Rover, and as a grown adults, they go and play Red Rover with these kids. <laughs> I almost said the B word to you. I was about to say, you wouldn't play some Red Rover right now? I would. I but still that, want to say it, bitch. <laughs> that is... You want to play some Red Rover? The end of the movie. <laughs> I <laughs> no, know. I skipped really so fun. much, but... This movie definitely had a ton of influence, though, on it. Oh, yeah. I want to know how sh- you felt. Yep, for sure, it's Stand By Me. It's just a, it's a different take. When did Stand By Me come out? 80? 86. Oh, really? Okay. So, uh, yeah, about 10 years apart. Right. Plus, you saw influence from other movies in this, so. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, it's a way different take. It had great music. Oh, yeah. I think I brought that up multiple times. Like, Every song that came on, you're like, what? <laughs> it yeah, has a great a really soundtrack. I really like the casting. I thought Devin Sawa was probably the perfect pick plus he was coming off of like let's see what would he oh. he'd just done little giants yeah that's what i was trying to think of little giants and casper, casper. Would be coming out about the, casper hadn't been released yet it no was going but to i'm be. saying like he was on his way mm-hmm. well since i did most talking and i know this movie like back of my hand not really i know it oh, really I, well i did have thoughts on it like it's definitely a movie meant for preteen girls, which I mean, Stand By Me is definitely a movie for preteen <laughs> boys. Yeah. Uh, instead of writing in the form of Stephen King, they wrote it for more of like a generation lost. Mm-hmm. Because in that, in Stand By Me, and I hate to do this comparison, it's about these four boys that just totally drift. Uh-huh. And this one, it's about four people that come back together. That's true. Yeah, because in Stand By Me, they never get back together. Right. And yeah, this kind of gives you the, the ending you want. I think stand by me. It it does the Stephen King thing where it's like, not necessarily a movie too. Stand by me is definitely the better movie. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just being real. Well, since I'm the one who picked the movie and I know about it, um, why don't you tell us the trivia and see if you can't surprise me with something? Well, you already said, uh, rumor Willis, (laughs) I did. This I was her film debut. Okay. I fi- I mean, she's what, like six in this movie? Yeah. Uh, Christina Ritchie and Gabby Hoffman, they're best friends in real life. Still? Aww. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, the part where Christina Ritchie gets hit, she was supposed oh, to turn Chrissy? her head. Yeah. She was supposed to turn her head. Uh-huh. And she didn't, so she took that full, full, full force. Ooh. 
and they had to stop uh, production for a whole day because of how bad her bruise was. Oh, God. <laughs> well, just, I know. just to come up with a, an option for makeup because, you know, she's pale. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I know in theater they teach you if you get slapped, you have to open your mouth, which she did. You, she you do open definitely mouth did slap, that. <laughs> but if she didn't turn her head, that uh, that's full force. That sucks. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell, I guess, argued that she wanted her character to be a lesbian. I guess she argued that a lot during production and okay. everybody, including the other actors were like, that's not how the character is written. I mean, you don't really know about their significant others that much, except for Chrissy. The only thing, and I didn't mention it when they're at the softball game, this nerdy boy comes up and he's like pushing up his glasses. Yeah. He's like, hello, darling. And she's like, get away from me, nerdo. Oh, I, I, I said it to you. I'm like, she's going to marry that motherfucker. Isn't she? And that's who she ends up marrying. And he's a Gosh. doc. He's a dentist. And yes. She has a kid with the hello, with darling. Bad, with bad hair plugs. <laughs> oh, that's right. Remember, I was he, like, they look like mm. ant legs. <laughs> so she ends up marrying that kid. But yeah, that's, that's the only one you really get to hear about their partner. If they even have one, I assume the other three are single because they don't talk about it. I mean, we yeah, know Demi well, Moore's Demi Moore's single because she can't complete anything. We don't know about Teeny. I think they said she'd been married four times. Yeah. One of them was an old. <laughs> yeah. And Roberta. We don't she, know. Yeah. We just know she's a doctor and, and you know she fooled around a lot. Yeah. They did say that. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, seven years after this movie came out is when uh, Rosie O'Donnell actually came out that she is a lesbian. Okay. She brought this movie up too. <laughs> I guess, but yeah, that that wasn't the point of the movie. I obviously don't care. I'm I'm an ally. I'm here for it. But this movie didn't need that. That wasn't the point of this movie. The chemistry between Devon Sawa and... Did Christina, I say that weird? Devon Sawa. You said it a little weird. Devon Sawa. Devon Sawa. Devon Sawa. <laughs> And Christina Ritchie was so good that they both were immediately cast for Casper. Nice. That's really cool. I like hearing stuff like that where two people have been in a movie together. So they're like, we'll try that chemistry again, see if it works. Because uh-huh. I really like Casper. I've always liked Casper. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd with a mustache still playing a Ghostbuster. <laughs> Can't beat that. Um, there were a bunch of scenes that were cut from this film. Apparently there's a carnival scene that's supposed to be really good, but they just couldn't budget it. But a lot of parts of it were filmed. It's, it shows you how they actually get to pay for the clubhouse. Oh, how they get their money. Yes. Yeah. we assume, They talk about it a little bit. They mow lawns. They end up painting um, Roberta's dad's garage door. They do like odd jobs around the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, Kirsten Dunst and her bad teeth. Uh-huh. Uh, she was offered the role of Chrissy. But really? turned it down because she said she wouldn't gain any weight for the role. She, really? Yes. And I guess she was very pushy about that. She's not, she would not gain any weight for the role. That, I mean, that's a hard ask, especially when you're a young girl. But to fit like a, a what the character looks like. Mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta look like the character. Yeah. I don't, I wouldn't have liked Kirsten Dunst in this. She ends up going on to do um, the Virgin Suicides, which. Or you could have said Spider-Man. Well, I'm thinking as a younger Kristen Kirsten oh. Dunst she does and I feel like that yeah that's probably more of the character she pushed yeah. for and we're and we're dead set it is the actual dates for this movie that it takes place is in 1995 and 1970 okay you're not supposed to be meant to think it's anything else it's 1995 and 1970 okay uh the Easy original enough. name for the movie was the Gaslight uh, edition okay I don't know if 
I don't like that at all. No, I don't like it either. <laughs> now and then is, I mean, it's spot on. That's good. Um, the song Knock Three Times, mm-hmm. which we both started going off for when it came on. Yeah. Uh, they realized they made a mistake that the song wasn't released yet. Oh. When it came on during that part of the movie. So they wanted to replace it. They're like, I don't know if we can now because that scene actually is, it's fun. It's fun, yeah. And the tarot card scene, mm-hmm. they were going to scrap that scene because they just didn't feel like it added anything to the movie. No, I thought it was spooky when she flips over that Ten of Swords when they ask, yeah. how did he die? Spooky. Oh, and so Rita Wilson, uh huh, Rosie O'Donnell, and Gabby Hoffman, they, they all have been a movie together. They were in Sleepless in Seattle. Oh, okay. Rita Wilson and her pointy head. <laughs> she has an upside down triangle head. Oh, Lord. Well, that's a shape. That is a face yes. shape. <laughs> it is not a good one. Mine's round. Round. <laughs> Brandon Fraser. Uh-huh. He didn't care that he was uncredited for this movie. He got offered the role and he's like, I guess he even said like Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably they're like, play it like Rambo. Yeah. Just don't kill anyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and. There's a movie called 200 Cigarettes. It's like an art piece mm-hmm. that has uh, Christina Ritchie, Gabby Hoffman, and Janine Garofalo in it. Okay. So that would come out in 99, so four years after that. That's really when uh, Christina Ritchie started going off from doing major film and doing more like experimental film. Yeah, it was. it's weird. Her, her discography, she does... She was in mainstream stuff and then went artsy and then comes back to the mainstream later. Yeah, it's... She survived that, which is good for her. You know, I mean, I feel like that would be a hard comeback once you start doing art films. It kind of makes me think of Julia Stiles, where she would do, uh, she went on to do art films and then just fell off as far as like acting goes. Yeah. She came back in Silver Linings Playbook, but. Yeah, but I always forget she's even in that. Yeah, she's not. Her career was never going to take off. Like, like people always tried to tell me it was going to. She was a 90s staple, and that it's, was that's it. pretty much it. And she really, was in that terrible remake of The Omen. Oh, I never saw see? it. See? Well. I almost paid money to go see that in theaters, and I was like, I don't want to see it because it has Julia Stiles in it. Oh, no. Okay, well, I think it's time to rate this movie. Uh, knock three times on the ceiling. <laughs> first thing we're going to rate it on is the rewatch. I'm curious to it. see what you would say, since this is your first time seeing it. I could rewatch it, but... Honestly, I'd probably a three. I feel, I, mean, I feel like I feel like if it was summertime, I could watch this movie. I don't know if I could watch it in the winter, or the fall, or the spring. No, I'd say I guess it's right into that pocket where it's a good summer movie. I say three and a half, just because I really do like the movie. I quote some things from the movie that I totally forgot. <laughs> I bu- I got from this movie. But you do. Yeah. There's a couple things from this movie you definitely say on a daily. You didn't realize I got from this movie. Until I watched the movie. <laughs> um, then I got it. But uh, yeah, I couldn't watch it really any other time besides spring or summer. It, I wouldn't watch this in the dead of winter. It'd be hard <laughs> to watch it then. <laughs> but I'd still watch it uh, more times than not. And so. I don't want you to think I didn't like this movie. I really did like this movie. Oh, I'm glad. Yay. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Then the next thing we're going to rate it on is its legacy. Uh, probably a two. Yeah. Like Maybe, a, oh, and it's lower than that. I'm being kind. A one and a half. Like I don't remember this movie and I'm a big movie buff and don't remember it. 
and there's really not buddy movies like that anymore. I mean, Stand By Me came out. This and, came out. Uh, in this vein, because I know there's like stuff kids like... movies like Goonies? Yeah, but that was before this. Yeah, so it's Stand By Me. There, I know, so I'm saying this one... The Sandlot? It's kind of the end of that era. Because you do get buddy movies that are adult, like The Hangover and stuff like that. Yeah. But not like this. Not nostalgic type movies i wonder if there is another kids buddy movie like after this i can't think of one i can't i'm sure there is that's what i probably it didn't do well is my guess yes but i'm still thinking like you said like the sandlot yeah yeah especially a female driven in the 90s too that was nothing but buddy movies but i mean to have a female driven one that's even less likely I don't know. You had like Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants and all that shit. That's true. Bridesmaids, which See? I just killed your theory. <laughs> I know, but that's more adult. That's not. I know. Like this, but preteen stuff's really hard because then, you know, everybody's like, I, "We already told the story," which is mm-hmm. a Hollywood thing. That's why, like, they don't like doing new stories. Mm-hmm. Well, the last thing we're gonna rate it on is the look and feel. So soundtrack, cast, the we didn't even rate it. We didn't even rate. I gave it a one and a half. You gave it a two on its legacy. Oh, well, we got it. What are we writing on next? <laughs> we're writing on the look and feel. I am in an, another <laughs> zone. I'm so sick. Uh, look and feel. So we're talking about casting. We're talking about soundtrack, the way it looks physically. Did we skip something? No, we went. I mean, we rated those. Pretty we quickly. rate that last. We uh, legacy. Legacy second. Then look and feel is last. It's so all right, John. Legacy. Yeah. I didn't give it anything for Legacy. Yes, you did. You gave it a two. Did I really? Yes. <laughs> so I gave it a, th- I gave it a three for a three, rewatch, a and two then a for two. Legacy. I, so I am, I am sick. <laughs> and now we're on the look and feel. Casting. I think they did great. Even though Rosie O'Donnell soundtrack is a weird grow up, grown up <laughs> version of Christina Ricci. Yeah, I still that think was miscast. I don't know who I would have put in her place. You said in Demi the 90s? Moore. It should have been Demi Moore. Like, if you're going to do anything, I think I would have switched those roles. But I think Demi Moore as the artsy writer was a good pick. I just don't know who could have played. Think of the 90s and you could put anybody else in that role. Could have been Catherine Zeta-Jones. Boom. Um, Nailed it. I don't know. I'd really have to think of that one. But I just, Rosie O'Donnell was kind of a weird, a weird pick. The uh, Soundtrack, wonderful. Every you know who else they could have used? They could have used any of the Brat Pack because they were all... All still young enough for that role then. Obviously, Demi Moore was. I guess. Molly Ringwald. Uh, uh, shoot, what's her name? Ali Sheedy. Ali Sheedy. See? I would have picked her. Nailed it. All right. Soundtrack, spot on. Every song's a banger. Yeah, every song. <laughs> you really, every song came in and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, and I gave you that really heartfelt story about how uh, my older brother gave me a cassette. cassette mm-hmm. AM70s. And um, literally had most of those songs on it. The 90s look was good. The 70s look, I'm not, I wasn't 100% sold on. I, I think it just had, it had elements, which that's all you needed. Right. Just enough to remind you it's <coughs> the 70s. <laughs> like when you see Samantha's mom. I'd easily give it a four. Easily. Oh yeah. Overall, it's all darn near perfect. I'd give it a four. Yeah. And then my overall rating of the movie, even though I went pretty low with the legacy and... I can give it a three. I'm still going to give it a four because I enjoy this movie. It's very nostalgic for me. Yeah, I'll give it a three. Good. Uh, It's definitely a movie I could watch again. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) So 
at the beginning of this episode, I told you guys to stick around for an assignment. So we want to keep trying this new thing, like the first of the month. So John, your task now is to pick a movie that I've never seen. I think I got and it. The first of next month, we will discuss it. And if I think I was thinking about this earlier and I already told you, but I'll go ahead and tell the listeners too. I want to add an added challenge that if you can pick a movie that contains one of the cast members from this movie in your movie. So just uh-huh. for example, Christina Ricci, if you pick a movie I've never seen with her in it, that's your added bonus. It can be any movie I've never seen, but right. your extra challenge is it needs to contain one of the cast members from this movie. Okay. All right. That, that, that wouldn't be that hard. And why don't you guys, as our listeners, give us some, I don't know, tell us what movie you would pick as our next first of the month. Even, you don't know what we've seen and haven't seen, but still I want to hear what your next movie pick right, would be. Tell us about Caddyshack too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Oh, I'm I could have talked so much longer. There was so much more about it. <laughs> we do that with every movie. I know. But stick around and listen to a sneak peek of our next week's episode. And we'll see you guys. It should be good. I think this next episode will be fun. Oh, I sure hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I sure hope so. All right. Bye. Bye. Next week on the Retro Club. Who who would you be? Who do you feel like you most identify with? Danny Zuko. What? Danny Zuko. Come on. (laughs) 100%. I feel like you're one of the lackeys. I feel like you're one of the lackeys. You're the one that's like, <laughs> but you, but you, but you, that's you. I knew you were going to say that, and that hurts my feelings, and you know it. Because <laughs> I'm eating Twinkie with Chardonnay. Yes. <laughs> or not Chardonnay. I don't know what they're yeah. drinking. The Delta it says right here, it's a dessert wine. That's you. <laughs> Getting offended and all that. That's definitely you. <laughs> I'd like to think, no. You know what? I wanted to say I'm a Rizzo, and I'm not. I'm just You're not, not a Rizzo. I think I'm a combination. There are of, worse things you could do. I'm going, I'm I hard to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like I'm the chick with the glasses and a, a mix of the Twinkie and the glasses chick. Can't think of either. The of glasses names. chick. You know, with the rhinestones. Oh, well, the rhinestones fell on the macaroni. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, the maraschino girl. Yes. Uh, Marty. Marty. You're not Marty. I said I'm a mixture of Marty. Uh-huh. Oh, so you, I'm just full blown Twinkie, huh? yeah. Twinkie girl. Yeah, that's a bad. You know what? Don't call me that. That's a terrible <laughs> name. <laughs> um. Oh my gosh. But you, you're no Danny Zuko. One hundred percent Danny Zuko. In what world? My world. Your world. Mm-mm. No. Yes. No. What's the one guy's name that? Uh. uh I can't think of his name. Curly headed. Yes, oh. ma'am. No, ma'am. That's yeah, you. right. <laughs> That's you. Yeah, right. <laughs> See, now you're just taking. Look at you searching. Or you look like a beautiful pineapple. <laughs> yeah, he is pretty funny. That's you. What's his name? Duty, maybe. <laughs> it, yep, you're Duty. That's right. <laughs> Twinkie and Duty. Just <laughs> oh my gosh, they end up together to dance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think that's <laughs> us. <laughs> I gotta find me a Sandy. Now I'm mad. What? (laughs) (laughs) Mixing and music by Kelsey Ingram. Cover art is by Megan Harris. Research is by John and Megan Harris. 
find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Slasher at RetroClubPod. Or visit our website at RetroClubPod.com for episode information and more. You can listen to The Retro Club on Podbean, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, and more. Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe, or we'll find you.